This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming blog. <laughs> that was robot stuff. With me today are our traditional guests, who are... Josh Collar. That was horrible. We both started to say <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. That's why I was waiting for it. Yeah. Ted Loring. Ted Loring and Josh Collar. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say, he is alive. Hmm. Not me, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Right, Thumbs up. Right. Thumbs you up are too, that. bro, through Jesus. Yeah, that's right? true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> that was an, an early greeting of the church. He is alive. He's alive indeed. Yeah. yeah. He is risen. He's risen. That's what, we say in, that's what we say in charismatic churches, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're going to call this Resurrection Cast. Resurrection Ooh, Cast. That is such a good name. 14. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's pretty good. I do like how you chose to call it Resurrection Cast instead of Easter Cast. Because Easter is like bunnies and uh, peeps and whatever else. <laughs> a, a little bit. I mean, like, I'm not sure. Like, there's there's a lot of uh, speculation going around on why Easter became all about uh, the fertility things like eggs and I think Christians bunnies. stole it. I think I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, stole, we took it, you know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. The original thing wasn't even that good anyway, so whatever. You're not missing out. <laughs> it's kind of like this. Oh, wait. It's this time of year. You guys are kind of celebrating new life starting and all that stuff. Hey, if you want to really celebrate new life, let's talk about resurrection, not just exactly. about fertility. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's kind of one of the things that's really, really important about being a Christian. And, and, and I grew up in uh, conservative circles where we tended to emphasize the cross – which was, you know, it's really important to Christian faith. However, the thing that um, we didn't emphasize nearly as much was Jesus rising from the dead. I don't know why we didn't, but, like, for, it just wasn't as, like, emphasized. Like, re- re- Easter Sunday was when you talked about Jesus dying on the cross. That's interesting, because I'm pretty sure that's kind of the focus of this whole religion, if I'd had to guess. <laughs> Easter Sunday. Yeah, usually you hit the dying on the cross the Sunday before Easter Sunday. Well, so that you can, since we don't have Good Friday services in, in uh, most uh, most uh, Protestant tradition, like I guess that's why they did it that way. I don't know. Hmm. But, yeah, no, uh, Resurrection, kind of, uh, N.T. Wright calls it the, uh, the, the actually, I don't have a good N.T. Wright quote, but I do know that he, he's basically really important on, uh, it's basically why we believe that our story is true. It's the best evidence that we have. If there, of, if evidence were required, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, right. It's, it's the, I mean, like, it's the foundation of our of our faith in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, this is not a really argued about contention uh, in the history of the church. Well, maybe in the recent history of the church, with us looking for the historical Jesus, quote unquote, historical Jesus. Yeah. But you know, going back to the earliest of times, the resurrection was pretty much understood as like almost like the reason why we're we're here we're here because there were some people who witnessed that i i was looking at uh, acts chapter 2 32 where peter is making one of the first great uh, sermons of the church to the people and uh he says let me find it here sorry my my eyes are not as good now that i'm 47 yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> 
Peter says to the crowd, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. So the resurrection is the deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we should be, and as a result, it, it, it implies that we should be living a resurrection lifestyle. Like everything that we do is, is about us being re- resurrected from like the, the ways of sin and death. It's about us um, walking in, in uh, a mindset of, of resurrection throughout all of our lives. And it should even shape our eschatology, like how we view what's Absolutely. going to end, happen in the end. Jesus talked about the resurrection of the dead. He didn't really talk as much about go to heaven when you die or the blood moon or the blood moon the blood moon <laughs> it happened no, no i'm glad you though. i'm glad you brought up the the eschatology part of it because it's not just the here and now or it's not just that what we consider to be a moment in history when jesus was resurrected but there is the future resurrection for yes. all of us i think that jesus uh, at one point in the bible calls it a foretaste or uh, mm-hmm. or in to use scientific terms jesus was a prototype in the in the in the resurrection, yeah, first fruits, first fruits. That's the right word. Yeah. yeah, there we go. He was the beta <laughs> or the alpha. I think alpha is oh the alpha. Yeah, that was yeah. He was the beta. <laughs> I uh, I am the pre-alpha build. <laughs> All alphas and betas after me. Oh, yeah, there would have been too many errors in the beta. So the alpha. Yeah, there there would have been too many glitches. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know if it was the final product. And there was a computer crash. Then three days later, reboot, reboot. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I, I thought that it would be really good to talk about this subject, and especially in how it relates to video games and how it relates to theology. Considering resurrection is something that's kind of in most games that we play, whether they call it respawning or whether they call it uh, moving back to your last checkpoint because you died. Um, or Phoenix Downs, because you know we all know that you know, or unless unless you, you're of the mindset that in, in Final Fantasy they are just knocked out and not actually dead. Uh, the, the whole concept of resurrection is throughout games. Um, but it's a different kind. It's often a different kind of resurrection, um, and not the kind that's uh, miraculous or or God ordained. It's usually because the game designers were like, we need to bring this character back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix Down is the most bizarre concept. Like, you touch it with a feather and it comes back to life. Yeah, I mean, you know, that might work in some, some places, but, uh, you know, makes makes me wonder if we still had phoenixes on the Earth, considering they all got extinct a million years ago. <laughs> if they ever existed at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exist in so, Potter. In, in Josh's context, then, resurrection in video games is, is a second chance, or third, fourth, fifth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Tenth or chance, forty fifth. If you're like me and playing a stealth game, or if you're in Dark Souls, <laughs> it's like the the millionth chance. The one millionth, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really becomes a huge number, yeah. but it all involves a second chance, a new opportunity. Yeah, and that's kind of the heart of it. Yeah, over and over. Yeah, that's over a really good again. point. Or as I said from my retro days, a new quarter. <laughs> Just yeah, put yeah. a quarter in that machine, and you can keep going. Yeah, but you don't run out of money. When it comes to Jesus. <laughs> there we go. Rich is untold. Yeah, and so and that brings up the whole aspect of grace and uh, mercy that are just absolutely core tenets of, uh, of Christianity and, and what started uh, uh, Protestantism as, at large when Martin Luther rejected uh, 
a lot of the teachings of what the church was in the medieval times. Yeah. Surprisingly, he did not reject Good Friday celebrations and stuff. If you're a high church, you all do Good Friday stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I actually got to go to um, my buddy's uh, Episcopal church for Good Friday a couple of years ago, and it was um, something I wanted to do a lot more, and I haven't been, been that, that consistent in it, but it's just even, even regardless of what your thoughts are on high church, the the biblical tr- the nature of the tradition is so rich and so vast in terms of just the the, the focus on Jesus and who he is um, and all those things. I, I loved it. I love um, being a part of that, even though I'm a part of a, you know, charismatic church. <laughs> yeah, you traditionalists, you. Yeah. Our church uh, tonight is having a service of darkness that they for Monday Thursday. Yeah, Monday Thursday, where it's a real focus on the cross part yeah. uh, of the death. Yeah. Wait, what's yeah. it called? A service of darkness. That's what I've heard it called before. Huh. Maybe I should Google that. But that's a yeah. strange concept. <laughs> I've never well, heard of this in my life. Well, I think it's a, it's a focus though on uh, the price that was being paid. And it's a, it's a very contemplative service. Hmm. Sounds awesome. Tenebrae, which is Latin for shadows or darkness, is a Christian religious service celebrated within Western Christianity on the evening before or early morning of Maundy Thursday. Good yeah, Friday, that's what I was talking say. about. Tennis break. What was that called? It's Tenebrae? I don't know how to pronounce Latin, oh. so there's no... So, how about that? That's, that's what that is. That's exactly what it is. Huh. So, are either of you guys uh, have either of you guys ever celebrated uh, Lent or uh, Holy Week? Um, what, like the, the aspect of going through the whole week leading up to Resurrection Sunday, trying to immerse yourself into Jesus Jesus's story, going into Jerusalem, going through the, all, everything that he went through. I have never celebrated Lent ever. <laughs> So <laughs> that answers your question. I know what it is. I just don't do yeah. it. I would say to an extent, for me, it would have been a little earlier in my life. Again, going growing up Methodist, there were there was some recognition of that sort of thing. I don't know if it was like for the week leading up, but certainly on services leading up. Uh, yeah. I, I'm familiar with Stations of the Cross, where you know, as a kid or maybe even as an adult, you would visit a, a certain area that would talk about. A certain element of the uh, of the passion. Yeah, hmm. that's cool. And also, was Palm Sunday was the one before yeah Easter Sunday, right. and that's where like, as a kid they would give us the children's choir. We would sing a song, but we would carry these little palms and and wave them around. As it was a, it was a huge deal when you're a kid. I got a palm. Yeah, <laughs> and then you tie it into like some fancy shape, like a cross or a, <laughs> yeah. A Wave swan or a dragon. Wave that palm as hard as you can. <laughs> He's depending on you. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, but yeah. So the, the the whole reason why we do that, of course, is because uh, the the people of Jerusalem laid down palm branches for Jesus as he rode into right. Jerusalem, and it was about ushering in the King. Um, and so for me, this whole week, I've been trying to really uh, get myself deeper and deeper into the story of Jesus going into Jerusalem, and how quite simply people kind of just turned on him like you know he, he goes into jerusalem and it's like the entire city is celebrating yay our messiah is here hosanna hosanna and of course by friday he's hanging on a tree um how quickly the crowd can turn yeah 
And that's that's kind of one of the interesting themes that I've been going through, John, uh, over and over again, just how, how much Jesus is um, not trusting of people. And uh, just kind of like, at one point, uh, his last public mis- uh, uh, his last public uh, preaching was in uh, John 12, where he, he just basically says, start shouting at people. He's like, you know, if, if you believe me, you believe the one who sent me. You believe in God who sent me. And uh, he elaborates on that a little bit, but it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense and not very um, not the typical Jesus loves me kind of message. It's just like you guys you guys have to understand who I really am. Of course, they don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, moving moving back to resurrection a little bit. Um, Actually, my church is doing a fast starting yeah. at seven p.m. tonight and then rolling into. Good Friday. There you go. That, that's is, along the line, isn't it? Yeah, which yeah. is interesting because I actually I've yeah. never ever been to a church where they say we're going to fast. Yeah, as a as a church, interesting. Yeah, yeah. my my church had, has has done that at times in the past, and in fact, this week, uh, right now, I'm I'm coming off of a, a just a three day fast. Um, but uh, more more notably, um, this week, I'm if we're doing what we're playing this week, I am I am playing for the first time ever on this podcast. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. What? You break your Facebook fast and then started another fast? No. Well, yeah, I did kind of break my Facebook fast. Um, yeah, I know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, I did uh, it. I did it. Um, but uh, oh, you did it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, my it's fault. All, it's, all, it's all Zach's fault. He is he is <laughs> Satan in this situation. Um, <laughs> I'm always but, on Facebook. I just go, Hey, Josh, come back, <laughs> come back to Facebook. <laughs> But yeah, no, I uh, I'm actually fasting games this week um, as as a, a kind of a practice and exercise, and, and and it's it's kind of really really helpful for detoxing and focusing more on on Jesus's story and really really diving into the text. Um, it's also helping me catch up on on games writing and things that I've been procrastinating on for far too long. Um, I think I've literally in in the first four days this week, I think I've written like six articles. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm excited to to actually. Get, I mean, for me, that's a lot. Not not for someone who actually writes full time. That's um, a lot. No, that's a lot. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> no matter no matter how you put that one out, that's well, a when, lot when you're fasting video games, TV, and and uh, food for a couple of days. You uh, you're like, what do I do with myself? Yeah, um, you might want to proofread <laughs> it before you submit it, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just stare at a wall. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hello. But, uh, the, 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 my my, uh, my goal and all of that is just is like I said, just to get deeper into the the resurrection story and uh, fully un, fully just have a mindset of um, that taking up the whole of my imagination, um, as at least more of my imagination than usual. Uh, so I can't really say I'm I'm playing this game and this is how it deals with the resurrection. But can either of you guys? Uh, are either of you guys playing a game, and does it deal with resurrection in any way, shape, or form? I think we should kick him off the podcast. If he's not playing games. <laughs> hey, I played a game last week. I could talk about that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what I have been playing. And what I have been playing is um, Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> One on the PC. I can't stop. Goodness. It's so good. So, so you're in New Game Plus right now? I am messing around with New Game Plus just to see. And it's yeah. really easy just like the latter half of the game was so once you can read everything it's just it becomes a whole lot more easy to yeah i'm just enjoying being in dark souls if that makes sense hmm. 
You don't want it to end. I it's kind of like comfort food at this point. Yeah, no, I, no, though, I understand like, that. Yeah, like comfort food that likes to stab you. Yeah. But well, yeah. comfort food nonetheless. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I am it's glad more... my comfort foods do not stab me. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, you get to mess around with, like, the weapons you got at the end of the game, and the game was like, hey, it's over. Let's play again. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and they give you extra stuff when you do New Game Plus, so it's it's not all bad. It's yeah, it's I mean, like I remember in Demon Souls, like if you, the moment that you finished it, that it was basically like when the real the real of the game really started, yeah. and then that was when you could go into other people's games and start really getting into invading or helping or whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, Demon Souls is a little more into um, actual balance because Dark Souls is just all over the place. Some stuff yeah. is really easy, some stuff's really hard. And I've just been having fun doing that. And I actually started up a new character because I didn't do any magic at all. And I figured Uh magic would be a whole new experience versus being just kind of all melee heavy tank guy. And that's been really enjoyable, too, because magic has limited uses and you can't really cast anything in melee range unless you're an idiot. So and so, explain a little bit uh, about the uh, the resurrection aspect or how they how they deal with with death and dying. Well, Dark Souls lore is really creepy and weird, but uh-huh. in terms of the bonfires resurrect you, because in, in the game, everybody who is a human being is an undead. So what's happening is that their bodies are degenerating, and the longer that they're alive, the more they're going to, the life is sucked out of them until they become a hollow, which is like a crazy person. And so when you become a hollow, you're no longer sane and you like, you know, attack people, which is what all the enemies in the beginning of the game are like. But the way that you remain sane is to get souls, which is basically to kill things. And then you basically take their life force. Yeah. (laughs) All this sounds really horrible. Uh-huh. Definitely are, not. Are you aware of this expansion, the Artorius of the Abyss? Yeah, I played Dark Souls that one. Too. Yeah, you did that too. Yeah, I did that too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's sixty uh, hours. By the way, I'm looking it up right now. I could get this for my Xbox download for 19.99. The original Dark Souls. You can get it. Uh, you can get a box copy cheaper. I think. You're probably right, and I like having a hard copy. So, but the DLC you will have to pay 15 straight for. So. Just right. prepare for that. Right, <laughs> I'm so tempted to push the button even right now. <laughs> Guess how many stars out of five it gets? Five. Through Xbox Live. Five? Actually, it's sure. 4.5. I mean, oh, yeah. up oh, there. It. I would expect at least 4.8. And Artorius of the Abyss got all five. Huh. That's so, amazing. So wow. nine out of ten people like Dark Souls, and the other <laughs> one are all crybabies. <laughs> <laughs> but resurrections there. I got sidetracked there in my shopping, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you you basically take the souls from other people, and then what happens is when you die, you become a hollow. Uh-huh. So you're you look horribly decrepit, and you're you get like sunken eyes and stuff. And you use humanity, which is an item in the game, to regain it. So you're kind of in this continual cycle of death and rebirth. And then yeah. re- regaining your humanity, which, according to the lore, is not something that you should have, but that was given to you by the gods who end up being corrupt and then trying to get rid of human beings after giving them life. <laughs> so it sounds like, from what you're saying, there's a, an element of physical death. Yes. That's where you, you know, do the respawning. But there's also this element of spiritual death. Mm. 
that is only restored to the humanity part. Yeah, basically the entire story and every enemy, you, big enemy you face, and all the things you see in Lordran, which is the area you're in, is the result of the gods trying to arbitrarily increase or to prolong the Age of Fire where they were in charge. So everything is horrible, bad experiments gone wrong, and then at the end, like, you'll face the person who is not even responsible for it all, but he keeps it going without knowing why. And so, mm. yeah, there's a strange, you know, Dark Souls is definitely not a resurrection kind of game. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. really everybody dies and every bad thing you could imagine has happened <laughs> and will continue to happen. But from a mechanical perspective, it is it is actually uh, about overcoming compared to like... Yeah, in a purely mechanical perspective, it is about overcoming challenges and dying and failing and then being resurrected again to do it over and over again until you succeed. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people aren't used to that kind of thing, so I can see yeah. why it kind of pushes them over the edge. Yeah, I yeah. think a key part of it mentally is I have to accept that. Yeah. That that's the way that the rules of that particular game are. If you accept that the fail states are basically put you back, and then you have to redo the challenges that led up to where you fail, then you'll be okay. Yeah. It, it, is, it is a little harsh, and it, it can uh, be discouraging. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... That's actually, Dark just, Souls podcast hour. <laughs> actually, one more thing. Every once in a while, you may just die because you were stupid and incompetent and you get mad at the game. Just shut it off. That's my advice. If Take you, a breather. If you start getting mad at the game, shut it off because you will not play any better than you yeah. were playing. <laughs> well, what have I been playing and how yeah. does it relate to Resurrection? That'll be a real hard thing to figure out there. I've played... Lego City Undercover. I mentioned that on the last podcast. I did play that to the completion of the storyline. I haven't gone back and collected everything, and I'd, I'd sort of like to do that. Can resurrection in terms of shattering into Lego pieces? <laughs> and then that's be, what happens. Then I am rebuilt <laughs> on the third day. <laughs> we have Lego Lego gospel. That would be an interesting yeah. thing. No, you know, actually, have, is, you ever, have you ever seen the the the, the Lego Bible? Yeah, the Lego Bible. Is that you use scenes created with Legos kind of a thing? or uh, Basically, the yeah. Brick bo- the Brick Testament or the Brick Bible? I, I, I forget what it's actually called, but I do know I that it's know. the entire Bible put together by a, uh, an agnostic guy who um, – it's, 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 it's kind of irreverent at times, um, but it's also kind of hilarious because it will have like a, a Adam and Eve with a, with a big giant snake in their face and – yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing a good job of drawing a picture, but um. <laughs> yeah. But it uses Lego pieces in a creative way to show the whole story. Right yeah. now, we've used it some in children's ministry where they created a scene using Legos. Uh, this guy was really good at it. Like, uh, he did a scene where it was the baptism of Jesus, and it. I guess there's some sets out there where that have palm trees and, and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the way they did it, and they had a little background music, they made a little video of it where it was kind of zooming in to certain things, or panning, I guess, almost like a Ken Burns <laughs> kind of a look with the with the touching music and telling the story. The kids really reacted to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, Legos can be a tool. Anything can be a tool, really, for... Well, for, if they can have the pile of foreskins, because I'm really interested in seeing how that comes out in Lego form. It's hard to get... Le- well, they do have those thin... Pieces of Lego, so 
don't know. I don't have a lot of expertise in, in circumcision. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask the guy. <laughs> How did this come to be? <laughs> yeah, that's not a subject we cover too much in children's church. No, so, um, <laughs> just in yeah. case. We tend so, uh, to stay away from that part of the body. Yeah, but, I, uh, I can imagine. Wait until they're older. So... <laughs> Uh, so anyway, but I did play that game, and it, for me, again, to at least finish a game on some level, maybe not 100% completion, but to finish it is noteworthy and commendable. Yeah. And it's also my wife revealed to me, who doesn't play video games, but the Wii U is her favorite video game system. Hmm. Why is that? Because it's hooked up to the TV downstairs, and she has found it, especially after trying to interact with Xbox One, she has found it to be the easiest and simplest to use when she wants to use it as a TV remote or watch Netflix or Amazon or some streaming video thing. It's got the touchscreen. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's like, so wow, so there's three people out there that like the Wii U. Yes! <laughs> well, actually, the Wii U has sold like five million You know, it's units. not hurting. Yeah, I but, was looking at sales figures for that. I'm sorry to, to jump into that. Uh, I was surprised at the lower number of system sales, but in terms of numbers of game units sold, they compare to both what's been sold for Xbox and for the PlayStation 4. Yeah. I think so, PS4 just went over 7 million units sold. <laughs> so I'm guessing for right now it's the early winner in the next-gen console. For right now. I hope yeah. they're all winners. I really yeah. do. Xbox is actually three million ish, so it probably has something to do with the fact that it's five hundred dollars. <laughs> it's it's still a good system. I've had my issues, but it's it's a good system. They're all going to be good systems. I haven't bought the the PS4 yet, but I promise you, I will. <laughs> I'm gonna get a Wii U someday, someday. And now, an area of resurrection. I don't. I, this is a 3DS that I'm holding up, but I also have been playing my red Mario Kart DS. And in terms of resurrecting it, you know, it's not some supported anymore with online. Oh, yeah. So I have resurrected it, though, because I bought a little chip. And again, this isn't the actual chip, but a uh, little card thing that goes inside. Yeah. And you use a little micro SD card. It's called a R4 cartridge. Oh. And you can, you can essentially put on a, a DS ROM game onto it. Yeah. I figured it's okay now in my book because since it's not being supported – that I can play around with some games on it. And, yeah. you know, it, it comes on. It thinks it's Metroid Prime Demo. Uh, that's the <laughs> the title of the thing. And then you click on it, and it goes into the little program that lets you load RAMs, or ROMs, rather. And I was playing a little bit of Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. Huh. Which was sort of fun, sort of fun. Actually, the R4 card is the only way that you can play... Japanese ROMs that have been translated to English on your actual DS instead of just an emulator right. or something. Yeah. So for that purpose, it's really cool. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying to do ROMs or not to do ROMs, yeah. but you know I'm a collector, so I buy, I buy a lot <laughs> I, of I'm stuff. Saying, I'm saying not to do it unless you own it. That's yeah, usually like that. That's usually my rule. Like if you yeah. can find it and buy it, you should do that first, and then you should mess around with the ROMs and such. Yeah, and there are some things that are – for me to get a taste to see if I even want to buy it, I, yeah. I don't mind getting a little like almost like using it as a demo and then yeah. putting it away. But and if you have like hundreds of DS games, I mean, if you have an R4 <laughs> card, it's just for convenience' sake. 
It really is. You're exactly right. So, but that's a resurrection of my DS, and I'm amazed. I've had that since 2005, maybe. The battery life on it is still excellent. Wow. I mean, that blows my mind. It's, yeah. The battery life is better than my 3DS. This <laughs> this original model 3DS holds a charge for not near as long. My big blue um, fatty yeah. original DS, it charges up in about an hour. And it goes and goes and goes. And it just keeps going. I don't know what it is. I got mine in like 2005, so it's a decade old almost. I think part of the the issue with the 3DS is that it's always online, you know, so it's just using some juice to check for updates. Can you shut that off? Yeah, there's a little switch on the side that you can switch it off. Switch off Wi-Fi, that sort of thing. Yes. And the other element that I like in the worlds of 3DS is you can go to McDonald's and just drive around the parking lot of a McDonald's two times or so. And then I pick up people from Street Pass that show up in my 3DS and I can use them in some of the games that I, I play on the, on Me Plaza. So uh, I'm very happy I've there. I've said that a lot of people when they're traveling will actually just leave their, their uh, 3DS on so that if they ping other other cars that they pass that have a, a 3ds that yeah and a, i don't understand that benefit like what's the what's the actual a car benefit might be too fast what's the benefit of getting people in it yeah one there's a collecting thing where each person you meet you can get puzzle pieces that you may not have and they can get some of yours so there's an exchange of that you can use that person in a a me adventure type huh. of a game where you're uh, it's almost like a little turn-based combat game that's a lot of fun. I've probably beaten it three or four times, and you win little virtual prizes, hats, of course. You know, oh, hats man. are the big. <laughs> and also, I actually this is embarrassing to say, but I think I spent fifteen dollars and got this little package of extra games on it that includes like a, a space shoot 'em up game where the people that I have picked up, I can pick them up in my game, and they add their weapons to my spaceship. Uh, a gardening game, which is. <laughs> embarrassingly fun <laughs> a, it's a the game, same appeal as farmville a game it might be a game where you're going through a haunted house and you're exploring the haunted house and people are giving you elements to help you do that and then last is sort of a combat game where i'm trying to build up an army so i meet somebody and if our armies are about the same we'll go into combat and your your goal is to have as big an army as you can. Huh. It's it's a ton of fun. I can't explain it. So I I almost planned my route to work for a drive past a McDonald's, and I'm this guy sitting in the parking lot holding a 3ds out the door just to make sure I get a good signal. Where's my street points? I want my I'm street not, points. I'm not creepy or anything. No, I'm just scoping the McDonald's looking for street points. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, could you get out of the car? No, I need my street points. But you know where else something like this this street pass or spot pass would be great for? It would be like a convention thing or yeah. a place oh, yeah. like that where other people had them, you know, and you're just walking around. Like at PAX or something. Yeah, yeah like a PAX or, or something yeah. like that. So I've heard of people carrying those, and you can only meet 10 people at a time. So there, there were people at a PAX or whatever where they would be getting their, their 3DS, opening it up, meeting as many people, getting them in there getting the pieces and then closing it again so they can get 10 more. <laughs> get in there, get in there. <laughs> so Zach, you, you just got back from PAX. Tell yeah, us about, tell us about some of your highlights. Um, lack of sleep. That was fun. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I, I, I know, I know what that's like. I basically did not sleep at all. So I was up for 
the entire 24-hour period before PAX, and then I went Friday, and then I did a full eight hours on the expo floor. Then I was exhausted, and then I went to sleep. <laughs> Why did you do that? Because I'm an idiot, obviously. Yeah, no, no, I know that, but, like, what was your internal rationalization? Because oh, I'm dumb. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you told yourself? Yeah, and I was like, I just hopped myself up on caffeine, you know, uh, pressed the flesh all over the expo floor, and then just passed out later, so... <laughs> That was my plan. It worked out pretty good. You and the Friday, the Friday is usually one of the, the – well, I guess the Saturday is probably the busiest. But the Friday is, is very, very intense for the first couple hours. Yeah, it's not too bad. You know what? If you're in the front area with the AAA stuff, you yeah. just get totally swamped. Yeah, that's, that's the most overwhelming thing in there. There's like a billion people who want to watch people play League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is like the most bizarre yeah. thing of my, I've ever heard. Okay, you paid all this money so that you could watch people play video games. That you could watch on Twitch. Yeah, that you could have just watched at home. I don't, I don't get it. Anyway. Uh, We've talked before about how social gamers really are, though. Yeah, they are true. pretty That's very social. true. Well, you know what? The, the allure of PAX has kind of faded, at least for me. Yeah. I mean, you know it took I mean? two whole visits, huh? Yeah. Well, it's just a giant marketing thing. It, there, uh, there's no doubt about it. Even though it's framed as kind of a community event and that kind of thing does happen, it's mostly about selling stuff to you because it's video games, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, finding journalists and, you know, getting lots of visibility for your stuff. And the AAA stuff, you could look that up anywhere. There was a lot of Bethesda. There was a lot of Blizzard. But I always just, you know, go straight for the indie mega booth. Yeah, yeah. Mess around in there. Yeah. And it's just a lot more personal and a lot more down to earth in, in the sense of like you are just talking to the people who are literally making some of your favorite games like Tim Rogers. Yeah, I met Tim Rogers. That was fun. Except for the fact that I didn't really meet him, I just played him a video ball. Oh. Uh, <laughs> for the, for those not in the know, you should you should explain who Tim Rogers is, because I don't think that he's he's everyone's common knowledge of, of uh, uh I mean, Tim Rogers is what they would call the originator of the new games journalism movement on insert credit, which was like a while ago. But anyway, he's just a uh, quirky, funny man who also enjoys video games. But and he also writes long, rambling articles about why he doesn't like something. <laughs> and he also makes games. <laughs> yeah, he also yeah. makes games like Ziggurat for iOS and uh, now video tennis. Tennis, which is spelled T N N S. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and, the and he kind also of he also makes uh, indie commercials. Yeah, and he made a puzzle game too. I think. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the puzzle game. Yeah, Action Button Entertainment. So if you're looking it up, yeah. look it up. But yeah, I, I you you would actually turn turn my attention to him because of uh, his writing, and I did I just did not understand it at first because it's so counterintuitive for like people call it anti games journalism just because he'll, he'll he'll actually like go on a rant about how. Uh, Borderlands 2 is not a game it's a, a shopping cart or yeah. you know like or like whatever. him working at Grasshopper <laughs> Manufacturer and picking up a pair of Suda 51's jeans which were out of fashion for that year or something <laughs> and it was <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what is this article actually about is this about the jeans the Shadows of the Damned yeah. review has absolutely nothing to do with the actual game <laughs> other than the fact that it is a video game yeah uh, if anybody else tries to do what he does yeah, it, 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 it just kind of naturally fails because it, it's just him. <laughs> um, but my, my personal favorites are his, uh, his his indie commercials where he'll do a commercial for another another company's indie game like Dive Kick or 
Luftrousers. Luftrousers. He's a real personality. You're going to love Luftrousers. Did yeah. you know that he also plays in a rock band? Yes, Large Prime Numbers. That's correct. <laughs> it's so and good. He, and he has a, an alias name as his as he's a member of that band. You know what it is? <laughs> no. I looked this up on Wikipedia. It's fascinating. His his alias is 108. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but that just tells me that this guy's got a lot of personality. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. He's entertaining, and he's on the Insert Credit podcast. So. Yeah, he's re- he's really interesting on that podcast. That's worth it. That's worth uh, subscribing to that podcast just for for what he has that conversation. Um, but yeah, so tell me more about PAX. What, what were some of the other the, your real highlights, not the things that I'm telling you are your highlights? Um, <laughs> doesn't have much to do with resurrection, but other than the fact that I resurrected on Saturday and said, I am not waiting in line for four hours for Oculus Rift. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going in, even though I bought a pass. You know what, PAX? You can go stuff yourself. Wow. <laughs> I'm such a bad person, but you know what? It's the sunk cost fallacy. I wasn't going to go in if I wasn't going to enjoy myself just because I paid the money, right? So, yeah. And I would have to pay gas and you know, pay to eat out and whatever else. So, Anyway, yeah. long story short, I didn't use the Oculus Rift. <laughs> didn't but get a chance to it try it out. Virtual yeah. reality. But I got to see things like a Mega Man roguelike called Echoes of Everdo. Yeah, I saw you write up about that, and it, it looked actually like, uh, not just like Mega Man, but like Mega Man X in particular. Yeah, I saw a lot of people playing it, and they were playing it like Mega Man, and I was like, well, there's a dash button, right? And so I just started dashing around, dash jumping the whole stage, and just like destroying this game. <laughs> and it was amazingly great. Yeah, there's a couple of things missing from it that I think I think the developers saw, right? Because I was just yeah. kind of blasting through it. Like the problem... You know, you do a you dash jump over and over again through the whole stage, which kind of obviously isn't that great. But the other thing is that there's like no jumping attack, so you would you would jump and then do a slash and then you would hit an enemy at your in your dash jump, which was kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'm sure that this is like an alpha, so yeah, it's really early. So, but it's a lot of fun in its current state, which is and that, a that lot was about what's the name of it again? I, I have a hard time remembering it. Echoes of Eridu. Yeah, they might. The thing is, with a lot of indie games, is that their names aren't as memorable as you'd like them to be. Yeah, I think they should change the name to Mega Man Roguelike. <laughs> <laughs> or not, Mighty, I'm, I'm sure. Mighty Number 10. Yeah, yeah. I think they might run into a couple of complications there. Mm. They would. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Uh, I saw Mercenary Kings again that was there. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to, to add that to my uh, Steam queue. I'm kind of um, on the fence about it, because I love Metal Slug so much, and that just looks like an RPG Metal Slug, and... Well, it's no basically place. Borderlands meets Metal Slug yeah. meets something else. I played it. It's really slow. I mean, yeah. it looks great, but it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have such an important question about PAX. Did okay. you did you vomit any this time? Didn't you get sick last year? Did I? Or did I forget what it was? I don't. No vomiting involved. I, I don't think. Who I got up. sick and there was lines to the bathroom and stuff like that? Oh, that, that was happened. Me. That oh, was that was you. Me. I was, Josh was like, I have to go to the bathroom. Wait a second. And then like three hours later, I'm like, oh, Josh isn't coming, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. never returned. Yeah. Uh, personal, personal note, if you go to PAX, make sure that you uh, – and, and if you ever get like uh, – uh, how do I be polite about this? Basically, if, if you uh, have to go number two and uh, it's not consistent, um, make sure that <laughs> – 
bring a bag. Bring bring Rolades or something along those lines. Uh, make sure that you are um, well well stocked and that your stomach is well cared for because um, there's not going to be a lot of good food to eat, um, and your probably your sleep schedule is probably going to be all messed up. Also, uh, a, a tip that I heard that's really really smart idea: do not eat any of the fried food there, um, but eat. Uh, salad anywhere that you can get in a salad, eat a salad. Huh. This almost sounds like uh, the 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 guide for eating on my mission trip coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it actually no. Well, I mean, like for me, it was it was like a video game mission trip. So like that, that with, and especially with what I was doing with Game Church. But like, I I highly 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 recommend. Um, getting lots of sleep and getting lots of, you know, it's just very nerdy, nerdy advice in that sense. Yeah, the pro tip is to eat nothing they provide. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't eat any of the, any of the, the vending foods. Yeah, you know, you um, don't know what kind of nerds touched it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what kind of diseases they got. Nerd cuisine. <laughs> so one of the games I heard that actually, like, people were saying, like, quote, unquote, one packs was uh, Below by Cappy, Cappy Games. I um, saw that. I saw that. I didn't play it though. Yeah, I'd imagine the lines were probably pretty long. Yeah, it was a um, bunch of people sitting down. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was it was it was relatively similar when uh, Transistor was showing last year, and I'm sure Transistor was there this year too. Yeah, I don't um, know. Waiting in line for video games just maybe it's just my. You hate world. waiting in line. I remember oh, that. Goodness, no. I just look at it and I go, okay, line, bye. <laughs> so how many games? Think- go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, so how many? Uh, games or so did you just get like uh talk to people and and queue up as articles that you're writing about on theology gaming probably about like 20 i'd have to guess that's awesome yeah these are just from you going up to the booth and saying hey uh, tell me about your game yeah hey dude or just playing it and then telling me about it while i'm playing it you know that's the thing yeah so yeah i mean there was a lot of interesting stuff there A, a lot of it fell into kind of established traditional game stuff yeah. But obviously, I'm not really opposed to that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just mostly like indie games are like, here is one genre. Let's mix it with this. And then something new emerges. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a lot of the times what happens. Uh, I mean, even even mainstream games do that. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I played Peace Walker a little while ago, and I realized that unlike uh, other Metal Gear... Solid. <laughs> oh, no, it, it really did, did make it absolutely abundantly clear what i don't like about metal gear but that was mostly the fact that it wasn't just a stealth game yeah metal gear <laughs> yeah metal, me, it, not only is it um it's much more like a visual novel mixed with a little bit of stealth uh really really obnoxious boss battles <laughs> with a with a 20 24 boxes that you have to hit take down one by one with a rocket launcher yes. and it might it might remove one of those bars it might not you were really down on Metal Gear, huh? Oh man, no, I, 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 I can't express how like I, I wanna, I wanted to like it, but there's plus quick time events in the cutscenes, so you have to watch the cutscenes. Oh, sneaky! Plus, the other huh. thing in, in in Peace Walker was uh, that there's a management sim, so you have to manage your units and send them off to extra missions and unlock, and that's how you re- unlock your new weapons is by. Um, abducting enemy soldiers and then indoctrinating them to your cause. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Which which is which is very very fascinating on paper and practically it it, it just is a a ludonarrative break. Um <laughs> You know what? The thing about Metal Gear is that it's just like just like a comic book. I guess that's the best no, way to it, put it. No, it totally no, it totally is. Yeah. It's, it's a visual novel 
with stealth and boss battles. And That's, it's crazy and doesn't make any sense sometimes, but you love it anyway. Like yeah. even though you're you're going to stick with it. But that's just me. You know what the other thing is? I think that Hideo Kojima would be really good at making a game where there's zero cutscenes. I, I and, and I think that if they were to remove what they've done in, in Ground Zeroes, like if it was not the first and last cutscene and it was just the gameplay, it would it would actually be much closer to something like Splinter Cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's a limitation on his thing because it's like, i got to make this big budget cutscene. This is my reputation. I must do it. Yeah. And it's like, no, you so don't. Dumb. Make a game. Games yeah. are fun. Yeah, it's so dumb. At least, at least Ground Zero is, is, is gameplay focused and not um, not plot focused. Hey, hey, Ted, have you played Metal Gear Solid? Just a little bit of Sons of Liberty on the PS3 when it originally came out. Somebody loaned it to me. I played it for uh, actual gameplay, probably five minutes. <laughs> Cutscenes, yeah. 35 minutes. Well, if yeah, you yeah. do get around to it, play the first one because that's the best one. Even the first though it's one really PS1 is game. the best. Um, yeah. the... On the Nintendo? No, on the PlayStation 1. The that first one. Metal Gear Solid, not the yeah, first Metal, Metal Gear Solid. The, okay. the other Metal Gears, that's like if you're a historian, you want to play those, enjoy it. They're, they're not they're not as as uh, palatable as other old school games. I think they didn't they do a, a remake of Metal Gear Solid for the GameCube that had better graphics. Yeah, yeah but that one is weird. <laughs> it's not a, it's not an exact port. Well, they add stuff from Metal, from Metal Gear Solid Two to the Metal Gear Solid engine. So what happens is a lot of the stuff they ported over is not balanced for first-person aiming and shooting and such. Well, that'll give me a a reason to fire up my PS1. Yeah, and you know what? It's really cheap. It's 10 bucks on PSN, and if you want a box copy, it's probably like a dollar more, which is what I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bought, like, there's like this slimline case version of all the Metal Gear games that they released a while back, Mm -hmm. and so it looks like a PS2 game, except it's in a it's a PS1 game in a case with a if nice. I, if I downloaded it from PSN, then I could actually play it on my uh, Vita, I believe, as well. Yeah. So that be. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. That might be the only way I could do it. You know, just turn it on at work and play some. So yeah, it might be yeah. better that way. I sound like I play games at work all of the time. You do, <laughs> yeah, that does. <laughs> I work hard for a living. Hey, you working? Yep, yep. <laughs> they don't know what I'm thinking about while I'm playing. I'm I'm working out problems and solving them. So let's turn this into a little bit of a, of a resurrection sandwich, if you guys don't mind. Yeah. What are some What are some other games that you can think of that uh, that deal with the, the aspects of resurrection and 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 that sort of thing? Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, we, we we already established a little bit of Final yeah, Fantasy. A little bit. Story-wise, there's always somebody getting resurrected from the dead. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's what happened with, uh, what's her name, Lightning? Uh, you know or what that is? She's stuck in a crystal or something? I don't I don't uh, know. You know, Josh, just quit while you're ahead, because Final Fantasy XIII's plot after the first game, no sense whatsoever. It's just yeah. a bunch of nonsensical nonsense. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you, you've, you've determined that, because that was my critique of the first game when I started it to begin with. Oh, the first game actually is pretty holistically there, but... The sequel is just like, hey, something happened that you didn't know happened. Let's keep going on adventures. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the the first game, the first kind of games that I think of that deal with resurrection are like first person shooters, um, especially with the exception of maybe something like uh, Counter Strike, where you don't respawn; you're just yeah. dead for the rest of the round. That's not a very Christian game. <laughs> But Call of Duty, you know, you're yeah, constantly yeah. responding. Hey, if you're responding, Christian game. 
Yeah. Here for <laughs> if there's any kind of respawning or are you coming back from the dead? <laughs> yeah. All right. Official official uh, po- uh, theology gaming quote of the week. Yep. If you're respawning, you're Christian game by default. <laughs> Good job, Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, that's it's just a fascinating thing to me how like how readily and, and rapidly you you're, you're respawning and getting back into things like Halo and Call of Duty and all those. Um, it's just it's just about you keeping you in the game and, and penalizing you on a very small degree for dying. But uh, I mean, when you when you go back to uh, the likes of Mario, uh, Resurrection of course was was in the form of mushrooms, yeah. green green mushrooms, not the not the red ones. Yeah, well, they make you super big. Yeah. <laughs> well, red ones do that, yeah, but green ones just yeah. give you new lives. And poison ones are bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Well, poison ones weren't part of Mario until Lost Levels, or Lost Levels technically is. You know what? I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technically, it's Super Mario Brothers two because two is actually. Yep. Anyway, stop, Nerd Zach, yeah. stop. <laughs> Shut your brain off. Here. I think. I think that we might have an episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> So do you have do you have a uh, a resurrection benediction for us? Resurrection benediction. I have no idea. Well, first, first, I should give him a uh, a uh, opportunity to, to list any games that he can think of that deals with resurrection and how that how that relates to things. Well, the only thing that was coming to my mind. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You sound good. All right, good. And it's not a resurrection in terms of a person, but I do think of the game Okami. How you're resurrecting a land essentially an area yeah, yeah that's when really you restore cool. life to that tree you know it brings life to the whole area and i just love how the grass just everything just sort of explodes from that area as new life, with or, life yeah or not just new life literally resurrected mm-hmm. life there there was once life but it was gone and now there's life again it's a yeah. very post-millennial game if i had it to coach it in christian terms yeah in christian terms it's it's, it's obviously very um Shinto, um, in in uh, a lot of the the uh, cosmology of things, especially oh, yeah, considering no you're playing as a goddess uh, in the form of a wolf. Um, but the from like a thematic and practical hands-on aspect, like it's actually very very akin to, uh, in my mind, like bringing the kingdom into the world, bringing resurrection life into the the, the, the world around us, being the the leaven in the in the the loaf, if you will. Yeah, and for I, I me, I didn't go. I didn't mean that in any real deep sense, other than the imagery. I think. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. things provide. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm what I'm yeah. trying to get at and fumbling. <laughs> so that's my contribution in terms of uh, gains and resurrection that I was thinking of. That was a little off the beaten path, other than a respawn or or extra life. But thank goodness for the life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, Ted, would, do you have? Um, I was asking. Zach, I was putting him on the spot and saying that do you have like a resu- resurrection benediction for all of our listeners um, and that sort of thing? I think I could pull a little something together here. <laughs> I think something that the word resurrection brings to us as individuals is the word hope. So if you are listening to this and you are in a situation where you don't feel like there is much hope and you only see darkness, you only see death. The word of life that I want to give you today is is that the light of the gospel, the, the life of Christ, will resurrect your life, will resurrect your situation. And you might feel like there's no hope, 
but resurrection brings hope. Mm-hmm. I sounded like a radio preacher there or something, but no, that's good. Yeah, I like dying every day. It's fun, <laughs> and then coming. Back I to die life. daily. That was yeah. the title yeah. of one of your blog <laughs> entries a while back. I die daily. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and actually, that's that's an important point considering it's uh, from from a Christian perspective. You know, like uh, we're constantly called to lay down our lives and jesus says um only if you lose your life will you gain it and that's kind of a consistent thing you know we're constantly learning to uh lay down lay down our lives so that he can give us new life and yeah, it's a bit uh, of a paradox it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's a weird thing considering you would you would imagine it's uh you know don't give up um but jesus says give up and let me take over it's very counterintuitive but well that doesn't said. mean it doesn't work <laughs> Right. There are a lot of things that are counterintuitive that work really well. So, yeah. G.K. Yeah. Chesterton, for one. <laughs> what, what, about, what about G.K. Chesterton? Everything he writes is paradoxical and or counterintuitive. <laughs> huh. Yeah. It's very He's... strange. Just reading him, he has an understanding of Christianity that is always the reverse of what you think it is. And he ends up at the same conclusion in a completely different way. Huh. The kingdom of God is upside down. Basically, the things that we think are the most important here in this kingdom, this world that we're in, are usually the least important in the kingdom of God. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why we have the Beatitudes. No. The, the last yeah. shall be first, and the first shall be last. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. I mean, blessed it's true. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are, the, blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, and by implication don't have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, I love the fact that Christianity is not only something that makes you think, but it's something that makes you, that makes you feel things that you've never felt before. Yeah. yeah, and that's probably where resurrection comes into play as well. Absolutely. So, listener, may you find new life in the resurrection and uh, yeah. enjoy the discovering the the ways that games treat resurrection and uh, see it as as pointing to who Jesus is yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Because we probably wouldn't have video games without thinking about it like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. If you'd like to know more about us, uh, you could find us on Facebook at Theology Gaming University, where we talk about stuff. And if you want to go to theologygaming.com, you can go there, too. And sign up to our podcast and give us a five-star rating. We need all your ratings. Give us your ratings. And if you want to find Ted, he's at wildmanted.com. And if you want to find Josh, he's at Love Subverts and Game Church and probably somewhere else in the near future, if I guess right. But Ted, spoilers, you will be on a missions trip. So In two weeks, I will not be here. I will be in Senegal. And I'll be thinking about you. I'm going to try to find a way to connect, but Thursday it looks like is a day that I will be in a very remote village location. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, think it sounds like that. Senegal is not exactly known for its uh, technological infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is some in the city, but when you get to the villages, there's there's nothing. Which was really a downer for me because I'm one of these people that invested in all my music being on the cloud, oh, and uh, then I got out my phone. I was like, well, I have no music. The cloud floated <laughs> away. <laughs> not, not a good day to be clear and clear skies. It's too windy in Senegal. <laughs> uh, that's well, thank goodness for a Kindle where you can put a thousand books on something, and yeah. that'll I'll be I'll be well read by the return trip. <laughs> yeah. But I do seriously appreciate your prayers uh, and spiritual yeah, support. Absolutely. 
I'm yeah. going to be storytelling, and the specific specific subject that I'm supposed to be talking about is actually Abraham and uh, the promise of Isaac. Huh. Uh, that's that could be a potentially unpopular subject in a ninety percent Muslim country. So, well, um, Isaac is not the son of promise in the Muslim world. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we hope you come back, and we pray for your safety. <laughs> I <laughs> shall return. Yeah. This has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. Thanks for from listening. From the grave. No, not from the grave. Risen. <laughs> from the- yes. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Jesus is risen. Risen indeed. <laughs>